Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts can't get enough of the fan in the morning shown up because this is nothing like that working alan jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show very sexy robot hey look at that pig shenanigans naked yoga my mother had a bad experience with these ghosts let's hump the fence it's alan jerry's post game podcast all right so you're telling me we're good to go I think we're good to go, Eddie. We're good to go. We're good to go. All right, so three, two, one. All right, we do a podcast. What's up, Al? Oh, hi, Jerry. There was a story I put on the show sheet today. It was at the very bottom of the show sheet, and I never got to it because I thought, you know, sometimes I put things on the show sheet, and then I go, well, this feels more like a podcast topic, and this one felt more like a podcast topic. It was uh, some uh, strip club owner was on some podcast, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is how many podcasts there are, Jerry. We have strip club owners as guests on podcasts. Or maybe even having their own podcast. Or having their own podcast. Yeah. And this one strip club owner said that uh, Quentin Tarantino came in there one time. Okay. And paid a girl $10,000 to go into the back room to lick her toes. And he kept sucking on her toes. Oh, he wanted to lick her toes. Yeah. He it's a paid, foot fetish. He t- paid her $10,000 to suck her toes. I got to be honest. You're Quentin Tarantino. What are you doing? Right. I mean, you can. Yeah, I guess. I'm sure the $10,000 for him is like $10 for us, but that's weird. It is weird. Stripper feet? I, yeah. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She probably was, you know, dancing in her high heels all night, sweaty, disgusting stripper feet. Uh, yeah, but you can clean them quickly. That's true. And strippers do have to keep their feet clean because you got to think of this. If they're dancing on the stage and people are sitting by the stage, their feet are right in your faces. But I didn't like that the strip club guy said this because I guess there are cameras all over the place in these strip clubs, which I understand. But like they were all, as soon as they saw Quentin Tarantino went into the one of the back rooms, they all went into his office. Right. And were looking at the cameras to see him sucking this girl's toes. Mm, Okay. Very interesting. Right. You want what happens down there stays down there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just didn't appreciate him taking to uh, taking to the podcast to tell everybody that Quentin Tarantino likes to suck stripper toes. Did he give up anybody else's uh, weird quirks about them? Uh, if he did, it wasn't newsworthy enough to make it into these news articles. Is this a podcast you'd be interested in listening to? No. Stripper secrets? No. I think I might. Stripper secrets? It's like, well, I mean, he clearly is giving away... Some inside stuff. I would yeah. be interested to hear some of the some of the crazy crap that goes on. No, you know what? Probably, <laughs> I probably would be interested if I heard about celebrities doing and things. I was going to say, clubs. then you drop a name here and there. By the way, Ben Affleck likes to uh, lick a nipple. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I wouldn't want to. 
like to me, if there's people I already assume, like if you tell me people in Motley Crue did something, I'd be like, yeah, of course, right, yeah, right, right. I need something. I need like a wholesome person. Doing like Jason things. Bateman. Yeah, like oh, Jason Bateman. He goes in and he he licks toes of strippers. Like oh, really? So you'd be interested in? You know what? I, I guess I would be. I mean, you got that from Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Then I, I was uh, uh, well, yeah, this Joe Rogan podcast. He had uh, Andrew Dice Clay on the other day. Oh God, okay. And I was like, I'm going to listen to this. Sounds partly interesting and partly torturous. And and it was it was it was that it okay. was partly interesting and that part was very small. Oh. And mostly torturous. But I don't know why. You keep listening. Yeah. For some reason, I treat these things like, um, I don't know, like like it's some sort of class assignment where once you, you start it, you got to finish it. I don't have the time to keep <clears> up. I will finish it. Well, I have time in the car. That's where I, I don't ever listen yeah, outside the car. Everyone is over three hours. Yeah. But I, he's doing four of them a week. He's, he doesn't do four. Oh, he I thought does, he did Monday through Thursday. No. He does like maybe two or three. And oh, I a, thought he did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. He does like three a week, and one of them almost always is an MMA one, which I don't listen to. All right. So if there's two a week you're listening to, you got plenty of time to get. I got you. Yeah, and and especially if the other podcasts that I listen to don't have anything interesting, I sometimes will go back to to a Joe Rogan one that sure. I didn't deem interesting. This Andrew Dice Clay just he really fancies himself this. I don't know. Like, Who, Dice? Dice. This uh, innovative, incredible, greatest comic of all time. Really? And, yeah. And what I don't like, and I've heard other people say this too, so Dice claims that he is the first comic to play arenas. Okay. Steve Martin was playing arenas in would, the 70s. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, which is why Steve Martin quit doing stand-up. Because he got so big, and he was—he <clears throat> said he was doing them in arenas, and it was hard to—you had to do a, a different act because people had to be able to see you from far away. Sure, yeah. And then people are just watching on a screen, and he didn't like that. So he was doing those, those when running around with the arrow in the between the in the head, with the <laughs> rabbit ears, King Tut. He was doing all that. That was playing arenas. And I, I actually don't think having seen. I'm trying to think the worst, because I feel like the worst comedy shows I've seen have been in big venues. Yeah. The smaller venues is where it's just better, because you don't want to be watching a screen. No. You know, the Seinfeld thing, that was pretty close to almost too big at the Beacon. Really? Just because we, we, our seats weren't great. They were way up. It was just small enough that it was okay, but I'll tell you what, if I had to go any higher in those seats... Too far. Yeah. And there were. There were probably 30 more rows behind me. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I mean, it was, we were in the front row of the upper deck, or the second row, I'm sorry, second row of the upper deck of the Beacon. And it was high. Is like, that the largest venue you've seen a stand-up perform in? I don't, I'm, mm, I don't know, because I feel like I have watched comics on a on a screen. I'd have to, th I'd really have to think about it. Yeah. I definitely saw Jim Gaffigan at Madison Square Garden. And okay. that was weird. It was too big. Too big. Yeah, I mean, one person in a 20,000-seat arena. Yeah. How he, can it be good? And he didn't even... Not, this is no crack on him. He It wasn't packed. Right. What would you say? How many? I don't know. It's hard half? to tell. Did he Definitely get more than half. Like, I was on the floor, but way back. Okay. So I wasn't close. But so I never 10, remember... 10,000 people, maybe? It's still a lot of people. Yeah, I remember I did have to watch the screen. That is a lot of people. 
And you went when you went to see Bruce at the Garden. Yeah. You sat in the Chase Bridge. Yeah. Good place to watch a show. Tremendous. Because Paramore is there tonight. I really want to go tonight. Yeah. You're gonna go on a Tuesday night. I listen. I they they're not playing anywhere else. It's the only shot I got. To, they don't tour. It's like the only shot I get to see them. Yeah, that's. Tough. I'm probably not doing Tuesday it. Tuesday night tough. I. They're all tough. Yeah. I would go. I would probably stay here in Boomer's office. Might get more sleep if I did that. That's true. By the time that show's over, I might be here by ten thirty. Right. Sleep till four. Guess what? That's about what I get at home. <laughs> in some cases, more. Yeah. All right. The cats won't wake up here. No. What I would not do is go home. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I don't know. But I saw that. I knew they were playing tonight. I had it in my I had it in my calendar to go, and I forgot about it. And then I got the alarm this morning. Oh crap! I forgot. And I went online. I saw tickets are not bad in that Chase Bridge. And it, you made me think. I that's where you saw Bruce Springsteen, and you loved yeah, it. Yeah, I really, I loved it. Hmm. Loved it. Interesting. Oh, yeah, Jerry. Uh, yeah, so I just, just sat through this dice clay. He just, like, fancies himself such a innovative. I never got it. Did you like dice clay when he was popular? I, hmm. Did I like him? Sure. I mean, did he make you laugh the first time you heard him? Yes. After that, same old act. Right. And I was kind of good. Right. The first time he heard it, it was so shocking. It was new. And it was new. Yeah. It but, was shocking. Yeah. I I'll, maybe I'll listen to that on the way home. Is the first, this is the only thing I don't like about, I really don't like about the Rogan podcasts. Sometimes they don't start for an hour. Yeah, no, they start right away, but Dice is, is no, but they don't talk about anything sometimes. Well, Dice went in with an agenda. Okay. Like he was going to talk about all these things. So he tried to like work everything okay. in. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, I was in Whole Foods over the weekend. They now have, they just put in uh, self-scanning checkouts. They're all doing it. But you know what's weird? This is the problem with the Whole Foods one. Whole Foods has so many different produce items that you now have to figure out the code for. I know. Can't you start typing it in and it gives you the choices? You can, but in a place like Whole Foods, where I'll give you a perfect example. I went and I got sweet potatoes. You know, seems simple enough. I would think so. I type in sweet potatoes. Eight different kinds huh. popped up. I and they're all different prices. Oh, I have no idea which ones I grabbed. One. Yeah. <laughs> and you but you can't even tell on there what the price is till you till really? you select it. So I'm that's, like that's genius. Did I get the like legitimately orange sweet potato potato, red sweet potato, US sweet potato, Vietnamese sweet potato? Oh my god. I don't know. I got the sweet potato. <laughs> so did someone have to help you? No, I just guessed one. I guessed I was just like, oh, I guess whatever. I'm gonna look at the one that looks most like a regular sweet potato because right. I feel like that's what I grabbed. The orange one. The orange one. I do. I chose orange sweet potato, but when it rang up, it seemed more expensive than like when I buy sweet potatoes and stop and shop. Oh, it's because it was Whole Foods. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. So that's part of that too. That is part of the problem. I remember I was doing Whole Foods. When I used to do the food shopping, I decided I had the genius idea of start shopping at Whole Foods. That lasted like three trips. My wife's like, you realize you've spent so much more going there than here? I guess, but it's better food. Yeah. There's no money in the checkbook. <laughs> Got it. Back to stop and shop. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. I was the I was the Whole Foods Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Okay. 
All three days. A lot of people do that, though. I went for each of our dinners. Yeah, no, a lot of people. I like that because you're buying fresh. I don't think if you've got the time, that's a smart way to do it. Yeah, and I was actually surprised for Memorial Day weekend. I thought everything was going to be packed like crazy mm. shopping, but I guess people no, went people shopping were down the shore. But, it, but that's where I was. Even I thought I thought people would be buying barbecue True. stuff. Good point. But I guess people had, and I said to the one girl at one of the cash registers, I said, I expected it to be crazy here. She said, yeah. She goes, I think people did their shopping during the week for yeah. Memorial Day weekend. I know by me, it was very quiet. Yeah. You know, I went to I went to Barrel and Roost Saturday night, I guess, with Kim. Usually very difficult to get in. Even with reservations, you get there. And you know, they're great with the reservations. They hold them almost to the minute. They are terrific with that. But there's always people waiting. We walked in. I'm like, wow, you can actually just walk in and get a table. There were people there. There was a great ambiance as they say an ambiance but it was not it felt like a holiday that people were down the shore yeah the highway 35 was quiet it was just weird but it was a beautiful night memorial day weekend and we had a beautiful memorial day weekend yes we did which is so rare yeah no it's it was pretty good yeah it was pretty good a lot of baseball for me but it was pretty good what up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I was also listening to a podcast today on my way in about youth sports and how it's declining the number of participants. Yeah. See, I hear it's this declining. all the time. In what way? Uh, there are less kids playing. I don't see it. Yeah, it's probably in different parts of the country. Maybe. I mean, I can tell you rec leagues are hurting because of private club teams and travel. Yeah, this is what they said. That the Sure. The, that the kids do travel, yeah, and then the rec leagues are not so because much. Because travel's not what... So, even for you, as a kid, you would play your rec baseball. What's that, like Little Fellows League of Colonia? Yeah. It's, yeah. Your, it's where every team gets 12 kids. The 12th kid might never have played before, and the top kid might be a, a stud. And then you got all sorts of kids in between, and they try to divvy up the team, so the teams are relatively even. And then at the end of, you play in the spring, and then at the end of the spring going into the summer, usually your township that you play for, the coaches get together and they look for the 12 best kids in the league. Yes, that's what happened. And they create a, so you lived in Colonia, they would create the Colonia summer travel team. Correct. And you would do anything from, so for us, all we did was one tournament and then a county tournament. And that was the extent of our travel baseball. There was nothing more than that. And I remember the... First tournament would be right after Father's Day. And then the big tournament was usually around 4th of July weekend. And that was the baseball season. Spring, a little bit of summer, and then you were done until football began or soccer began in the fall. There was no really no fall baseball. Now what's happened because of this league called USABL, United States Amateur Baseball League, they created... Pay-for-pay travel is essentially what it is. So, yes, you have those town programs that will put together their 12 best, and then they will play rec with their regular teams, and then that group of 12 will go on and play 
So rec baseball in the spring is usually Monday through Saturday. Because USABL does specifically Sunday games and tournaments too. Um, and then there are private clubs that just say, hey, for four grand, we put together a team. You don't have to play your rec. We're just going to play USABL season games and tournaments. And so that's where all the kids have gone. To $4,000 a year to play? Those are a specific private club. I mean, you could pay up to eight, $9,000, or you could pay. I'll go give you an example. We now play for the Marlboro Mustangs. Used to be a town program. It's really now more run like a club team because there's only two kids from Marlboro on the team, and there were from everywhere else. We're 1500 to play. Now, that includes your fall baseball season, your winter uh, training, which is nothing more than an hour a week for 10 weeks. But whatever, you get those. Spring baseball and then summer baseball and the tournaments we play. So real kind of cheap, this Marlboro program that we do. The rec leagues are dead because the kids are all playing USABL. So if you look at it, I believe they had in New Jersey, USABL had 1,500 teams for spring baseball. 12 kids on a team. You do the math. There are so many kids playing. It's absurd. So yeah, we just... Are, are the ba- are kids that aren't great at it still playing? There's no? no, that's the thing. That's yeah. what people don't understand. They are. They oh, have they, they are. Have USABL. This is why it's not travel like you think. They have level one beginner travel to level five elite travel, and everywhere in the middle. So when I coached Hazlitt, I put us in at level three average travel team, and we were good. We competed, almost won a couple of championships, won some tournaments. This Marlboro team, we go in as a level five. And then there's a lot of level one teams. They have all sorts of, and you're talking about kids that aren't very good, but there's a place for them to play. And always weird too in this podcast they were talking about like the, the number of kids playing sports is uh, in the in these rec leagues is down, and they go oh you know and it, it's bad that kids don't play because uh, it's been found that kids who play in these organized sports have a higher self esteem. Sure. I feel like my self-esteem was shot down when I played baseball because I sucked. That's because you didn't have any hits. Right, but there was a lot of us like that. Like, kids that are not very good, that's not good for their self-esteem to play baseball. It would be if you played on a team with uh, all level one talent. You might have stood out. So there's good and bad to it. Yeah. I do find, and the late Rick Wolf uh, amazed me he didn't know about this because he used to do shows on the declining numbers. And I remember saying to him one time in the newsroom, I'm like, you know, you always do that. I'm like, how come you never talk about USABL? He's like, what's that? I'm like, what's that? Like, it's the biggest youth baseball league in, in New Jersey, which is now branching out, which it has, into Staten Island and Brooklyn and into Pennsylvania. Like, they're growing. And he wasn't even aware of it. All he knew of were these town league. So Hazlitt, when I played, this is what my father told me. Because my dad, um, when I was a kid, used to be the treasurer, only two years, but he was the treasurer for two years in Hazlitt. There were approximately a thousand kids in the baseball and softball program when I played. Right now, there's 200. But those other 800 kids are still playing. They're just not playing for their town anymore. You know how many kids play on? So for Hazlitt, there are in within I would say a 15 minute drive. There are probably 30 club teams, easy, that you can sign up for, and that's what the, that's what they do. They go play in different places. And why does some of these play? You know, what I always think is weird is like when they go, well, uh, you'll see like a, a GoFundMe or something, be like, send our kids to Ripken Baseball. Like we did. Like I did the, the fundraiser with the calendar. Yeah. Because the expense. So for, all right, so there's two big travel, there's two big 12U tournaments 
um, and 12 year, I mean, by 12 years old. It's the last year you play on the smaller field before you go up to the major league size field. Cooperstown, or what I did was Ripken Myrtle Beach, which was phenomenal. Cooperstown for the team. Now you have to stay with them. I, there's two different Cooperstown tournaments. So let's go with the one where you stay with them in the bunks and they feed you and it's a full week. The coaches stay with the kids. That per team is $26,000. So you got to come up with. So that's why teams try to fundraise because the parents are still going to have to rent a house for themselves or a hotel room to be up there and get their own meals. So it's like a vacation for them that they probably have to pay a couple thousand dollars for. And then on top of that, it's $1,500 for the kid. So they try to fundraise to pay for the kids to take away some of the financial burden. That's why. Hmm. It always seems weird, though, because I feel like... If you, you can't afford it, don't play. You no, can make that case. Yeah. Only and not and not that way, but like asking random strangers to donate. Yeah, I don't like, like you're selling a calendar. See, I don't like the GoFundMe thing. Yeah, because that's like, mm, do I give to children's cancer or get this kid to play baseball in uh, Cooperstown? Usually, <laughs> I've actually never I've never seen a GoFundMe for it, but yeah. I, I believe you when you've Maybe seen there it. There is a well, I'm just saying, like I see things where it's like, oh, help donate. Yeah, a lot of things are we run box pool, Super Bowl pools. Yeah. To, me, to me, that's fun though. If you're getting something, yeah, like you're getting a calendar. Yes. So the person's buying a calendar. You're the one donating. Correct. The proceeds. That's true. That is true. But I did right. That is that is a good point. I put all the money towards the team. Yeah. That's a good point. The one thing that I don't mind, I don't like doing it. The canning. Oh, I hate the canning. I hate the canning with a passion, but I don't have an issue if it's for a team in their town. So, like, we did it. I only did it once, and I told Kim, I ain't standing out there. Because if someone watches the show and says, you're begging for money for quarters, <laughs> I said, you can take them. I ain't taking them. Yeah. And we did. And the kids made, like, $700 in four hours. People are very generous. But they had their Hazlitt Hawk shirt on. They were at a supermarket in Hazlitt. People, right. were, people were very friendly about it. But I wouldn't take that team into Morganville. Hey, Morganville residents, send Hazlitt to Cooperstown. I wouldn't do that. It's even weird like when the uh, fire departments do it like once a year or twice sure. a year. They stand oh, yeah. out there with a boot. Mm -hmm. Don't our taxes pay for the Apparently fire department? Not. Apparently not. I don't know what. I don't know. I get the, every year I get the uh, the letter for the fundraiser. I send 100 bucks in. and What fundraiser? For the fire department. Oh, fire. It's a volunteer fire department. So I guess they're not funded great. Yeah. I don't know how it works. I would like to think the town funds them since they're going to try and save lives for yes. us. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and each town's run different. It's weird. Towns, cities, states, all run different. Yeah. You see, Chris Christie's probably running for, for president. Is that right? I just saw that this morning. Not if not official. Uh, someone from CBS tweeted. So he's going to run for the Republican Party, I suppose? I would think so. So it would be him, Ron DeSantis, Trumpster. I don't think Trump, yeah. I think Trump's running. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to end up on the Republican ticket. Oh, you don't think so? I don't. I don't even know how that works. I think he might be Trump. He might <laughs> he's run on the a, Trump ticket? As an independent. Really? I, that's what I think. But I think he knows, like, running as an independent, you get you I really think got he's a shot. cocky enough to think that he could run no matter what yeah. the party line was. What was the old party line from the from the 1700s? Do you remember? Mm -mm. There were the Republicans, the Democrats, and there was another one. Oh, come on. Um... Uh, early U.S. government. Yeah, this is vaguely familiar. Uh, party affiliation. Let's see. The Democratic Party by Andrew Jackson. Here we go. Political parties in the United States. Now, you got the Democratic, the Republican Party, not Libertarian. 
I know there's something else here. I'm not seeing it, but I, I know. Only, I only recently found out that GOP, yeah, grand old party, is Republicans. I, I no knew the idea. GOP was Republicans. I didn't know that what, what it stood for. That's interesting. The, the Alliance GOP. Party. Uh, that's something else I was thinking about here. Yeah, I think the I, Federalists. Federalists. I'm going to run under the Federalists Party. No, maybe that's not. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, so be it. Hmm. When does all? When is the next presidential election? Well, I think the next president would be 2024 would be the election they would take over in January 25. So we got a whole another year and a half. Yeah, we got all. Now we got the run. crap is going to start ramping up. Yeah. The 12 months leading into it or when it starts to get good. Yeah. Start yeah. slinging some dirt on people. Yeah, I mean, listen, Trump's talking about people's vaginas. So Vaginas. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up show here. Uh, tomorrow right. we come back. It's a Wednesday. And uh, we'll have uh, warm-up program material for you beginning yeah. at 5 a.m. Yeah, we will, yeah. As usual, we start every day at 5. 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Until then, so 